sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hour number two of the morning after. Start off this new week live on a Monday all across Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here bright and early on this Monday morning following the holiday weekend. The regular season finale of college football with a huge Saturday that had huge ramifications for conference championship games this upcoming Saturday. And the field is dwindling for available spots in the college football playoff. We might see chaos, and we'll present those scenarios in just a moment. But to start off Hour 2, a small bit of breaking news, or at least an update from the 2022 World Cup. In the second match of this day, Ghana takes down South Korea, the final 3-2. A big win for Ghana, who was up 2-0 at the break. South Korea responds with two goals of its own early in the second but Ghana gets that game winner in the 73rd minute, a 3-2 to two victory. All right, to college football. Not just a game, but the game on Saturday in Columbus between number two Ohio State and number three Michigan. The line was working in favor of the Buckeyes, closing at eight and a half in favor of Ohio State in Columbus at the shoe following the first victory for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan over Ohio State in his seven-year, now eight-year tenure last year in the big house in Ann Arbor, Ohio State was going to have that response this time for the 118th meeting, right? Wrong. This Michigan team is confident. This Michigan team is dominant in the last two years against Ohio State. A ginormous second half for the Maize and Blue to a 45-23 victory outright as an eight-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Columbus against Ohio State. Michigan outscored Ohio State 28 to 3 in that second half. The Buckeyes had a 20 to 17 lead at the break. They only mustered up three points in the second half. The best scoring offense in the country, only three points at home in the second half of the game. All the credit to one of the best defenses in college football in Michigan. And all the credit to that ground game for the Wolverines as well. 297 in terms of rushing yards last year in the game. 252 this year for Michigan. Physically dominant up front. Donovan Edwards, 22 carries, 216 yards, and two touchdowns. A huge day for the sophomore running back and the sophomore quarterback as well. J.J. McCarthy in the biggest game of his career so far, 263 and three tuds against Ohio State. So Michigan wins the Big Ten East. Michigan, for a second straight year, beats Ohio State in the game. And for a second consecutive year as well, the Wolverines head to Indianapolis to play in the Big Ten title game. They will play against Purdue, the champions out of the Big Ten West. And you can see the disparity in these two divisions right now. Michigan, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite against the Boilermakers in Indy this upcoming Saturday night. We have had the Big Ten East versus West in the conference championship game for eight consecutive years and for eight straight years the east division has been victorious michigan the champions of the east a team that has played in many big 10 title games hoping to get back to that spot out of the west division 
the Wisconsin Badgers. Just a 6-6 six and six year that saw the firing of Paul Christ early on this season. Jim Leonard was the interim head coach. He was the coach in waiting, it seemed, for a very long time until yesterday. Wisconsin making a big splash hire, a minor shock to some, in hiring Cincinnati's Luke Fickle. He will now be the new head coach for the Wisconsin Badgers moving forward. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here the second hour of the morning after live on this Monday. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. So with the regular season now done in college football, Wisconsin makes a big move yesterday, hiring Luke Fickle away from Cincinnati. Of course, Luke Fickle building that program, getting Cincinnati to the college football playoff just a season ago, the first ever group of five team to qualify for the CFP. And Cincy now will head to the Big 12 next year with a new head coach. Luke Fickle, now the head man in Madison for the Wisconsin Badgers. Let's continue to look back on the Saturday that was to end out the regular season in college football. A huge one in Southern California inside the Coliseum. In LA, Caleb Williams, Lincoln Riley, USC makes a statement in the rivalry game against Notre Dame. 38 to 27, the final in favor of the Trojans covering as a four and a half point favorite. USC has covered in three straight games. They have gone over in six straight games, mainly because of the offensive play of the Heisman winner, it seems right now, in Caleb Williams. 18 of 22 through the air, 232 yards and a touchdown against the Irish, but three rushing scores, striking the Heisman pose late in that game, and it makes sense. He is a minus 2,200 favorite. Is Caleb Williams to win the 2022 Heisman Trophy? So USC already clinched its berth to the Pac-12 title game. Utah, because of the Oregon State upset over Oregon, will go in the Pac-12 title game on Friday to face off against the Trojans. USC is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The only loss for SC this year. On the road in Salt Lake against these Utes, 43-42 to on that final drive. But Caleb Williams, 430 total yards in that game, five passing scores. Let's go to the SEC title game. The opening Saturday in December in Atlanta, Georgia now a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. They were always north of a two-touchdown favorite. But why now 17 and a half? LSU got whooped in its regular season finale, 38-23, as a 10-point favorite on the road in College Station. Jimbo Fisher trying to leave an impression on the A&M boosters with a victory to end out the year. That eliminates the Bayou Bengals from college football playoff consideration. We'll look at all of that with Ben's top 10 tomorrow here on The Morning After. But we have more to come today on this Monday. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after, live on this Monday, all across the Sports Grid Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. In the opening hour of our show, we looked at the Los Angeles Rams and the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. KC closes a 16, 16 and a half point favorite at home inside Arrowhead because, well, the Rams have not played good football this year. They're only a three win football team. And outside of that, they're starting quarterback in Matthew Stafford. On the sideline, Bryce Perkins making his NFL debut, his first career start. And it only got worse for the Rams yesterday 
from an injury perspective. Head coach Sean McVay took a shot on the sideline as one of his players was running onto the field. And Allen Robinson, the newly acquired wide receiver who has been pretty quiet this year for LA, will now miss the remainder of this season as well. So as we look for that injury insight and analysis, following 12 weeks of NFL action, we welcome on, of course, the pro football doc, Dr. David Chow, live right here on this Monday on the morning after. For more of his work, of course, check out sixscore.com, S-I-C-score.com. Dr. Chow, thank you as always for joining us here on this Monday. Thanks for having me, Ben. So, Dr. Chow, we talked about this just a few weeks back when Cooper Cup was placed on injured reserve, sidelined for at least a month. With how bad things had gone for the Rams at this point and continue to move now, just a three and eight football team, we had the conversation. What goes into that idea of trying to bring Cooper Cup back if and when he becomes healthy? Now you add Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Allen Robinson, and with how bad things are, Dr. Chow, for the Rams, how much of a conversation is that within the L.A. organization about whether just to pack it up and get ready for next year? Well, there's no question December is known as the holiday season, but in NFL terms, it's shutdown season. If your team is mathematically eliminated from playoffs, and I don't know that the Rams are mathematically eliminated yet, but they're close, the shutdown conversations start to happen. Allen Robinson with a stress fracture to the navicular is being shut down for surgery and for good reason. Cooper Cup, they don't need to make the decision right now. He had surgery. I think he's not coming back in four weeks. It's just too quick. It's going to be closer to six weeks. And at six weeks, is there any reason to rush him back, right? Uh, the offensive line is the big issue for the Rams. And Matt Stafford shut down or potential shutdown may have nothing to do with the record in the sense that when you have numbness in both your feet from a neck injury, you have to be sure there's no spinal cord risk before you can return to the field. It's not just a matter of, oh, the numbness is gone, I'm fine. It's why did it happen? What are the chances of it happening again? And can we completely and absolutely rule out catastrophic risk, even if it's 0.1%? So until that happens, Matt Stafford won't return. And, you know, the perspectives are different. You look at Justin Fields. We strongly believe that he could have played in that game for Chicago versus the Jets. But why? Take an injection to play? Some risk. He's established himself as a starter. They're not going anywhere this year. Why not get the better draft pick? It's legal yep. and appropriate tanking. It's health and welfare of players first but in some ways hiding by, behind health tanking. They've already, they've already traded their best defensive players, the Bears. So it all makes sense. In my estimation, very smart to keep your second-year quarterback on the sideline when you're a 3-9 and nine football team. The Rams and the Bears, the two worst records right now in the NFC. Dr. Chow, the Rams, 220-1 to one to win the NFC Championship. The third longest price for the team that, of course, won this title last year and Super Bowl 50. Six. So, Dr. Chow, you mentioned that December can be shutdown season. December is Thursday. It is the first day of that month. How intense do those conversations then become this week, getting ready for week number 13? Well, it depends on the individual circumstance. I mean, we have Aaron Rodgers here, and Aaron Rodgers says he's going to play. He's got some sort of rib issue. Uh, the team announced oblique, but we continue to tweet and say rib slash oblique. They're intertwined. And I think it's going to turn out to be a rib cartilage injury once the MRI comes. 
a la Justin Herbert from earlier this season. Painful to breathe, no risk for lung puncture, will need an injection to play. Will Aaron Rodgers want the injection to play? I'm sure he will. His history has always been, let's go, let's go. And he even said, what, until we're mathematically eliminated, he wants to play. That's shutdown season. When they're mathematically eliminated, he may say, look, I don't want to play. And who could blame him, right? That's part of shutdown season. But right now, he wants to try and play through that rib, what we presume is a rib cartilage injury. Really great perspective to all that is happening right now as December is on the horizon. So Dr. Chow, on the opposite end of that coin, the Cincinnati Bengals look primed to get back to the postseason. The reigning AFC champs, a big victory yesterday in Nashville against the Titans, 20-16. to T. Higgins, a big day for Joe Burrow, 114 yards, but still no Jamar Chase. Knowing that since he has those prospects of being a postseason contender once again, what's the timetable for a potential return for Jamar Chase? Well, we don't believe at Sports Injury Central it was realistic that Jamar Chase would have played this week, even though Joe Burrow tried to talk it into existence and there was some early hope. You don't go from crutches one week to playing in the NFL the next. So, and that was the case for Jamar Chase. Now, he's made good progress. I think this week is the first week of a realistic chance that he could play. But are they going to put him out there for 60 plays? I think that's not realistic either. And because the Bengals are in it and in a playoff contention, is it important to push Jamar Chase through this week or have him at full go for a late season playoff run and a playoff game? Obviously the latter. So that's another reason as you calculate what's happening, that the big thing with Jamar Chase is you're going to have him back at this time. You're going to have him back when you really need him. Don't push it and get a setback where now you risk not having him for the season. So I think that's part of the thinking, and the Bengals have an excellent medical staff. They have a new head athletic trainer that I know very well who used to work with me who's going to help them make the right decisions in terms of yeah. what's best for Jamar Chase and what's best for the team. Of course, all of these evaluations even more critical at this point of the year. It was a division around rematch for the Bengals yesterday. It will be the AFC championship rematch this upcoming Sunday in Cincy between the Bengals and the Chiefs. Cincy, a three-point home dog currently on that line. So as we look at the AFC title market, Dr. Chow, the Chiefs now the favorites ahead of the Buffalo Bills. At SixScore.com, you look all around the field view to handicap games individually. Who's the healthier side? How do you look at health here down the home stretch of this NFL season from the futures market perspective? For the futures market, the Chiefs are actually a little bit healthier than the Bills. The Chiefs' defense is 100% healthy. The Bills can't say that. Tredavious White is still rounding into form. Tremaine Edmonds has missed time. Uh, uh, Mika Hyde is out for the season right now for neck issues. Yeah. On the offensive side, the Chiefs got Juju Smith-Schuster back. They still don't have... Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, healthy Kadarius uh, Tony, et cetera. But they're healthier. The Bills, Josh Allen's elbow's getting better, but uh, they have issues on the offensive line at left tackle, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morris at center, uh, et cetera. So the Chiefs right now are the healthier side, but there's a lot of football to go before we get to the playoffs. Right. 
It's a really good point. Health, strength of schedule, all of that. Take that into evaluation for your futures bets. Quickly here, Dr. Chow, under a minute left in this segment, but one final game of week number uh, 12 this evening. We have the Colts hosting the Steelers. Indy, a short two-and-a-half-point favorite. What's the field view look like this evening for Monday Night Football? Both teams relatively healthy. You can see their six scores on offense, defense, and team are all green, so only small mm -hmm. differences. Colts don't have Shaq Leonard. Colts don't have Quiddy Pay. Uh, and defensively, the Steelers don't have Killa Witherspoon. A relatively short list of injuries, which is good. I don't know that I have. we've got an opinion from our algorithm based on the side. I mean, we went 4-1 and one yesterday based purely on six scores. We don't really have a big opinion on the total or side, but maybe you want to look at Michael Pittman props. No killer Witherspoon. His backup's on IR. He's playing against number three. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A Monday night football preview to round out week number 12 of this NFL regular season live right here on a Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel joins us live right here on TMA. Dr. David Chow, Tom, as he closed, mentioned that he would look at Michael Pittman Jr. props for tonight's matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know you are. It was a perfect lead into that prop perspective here on the morning after. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think it sets up, you know, this matchup sets up nicely for Michael Pittman. Uh, there's a lot to get to for him. Uh, I have some interest in some Steelers props, some unders, of course, round out the day with some NBA and NHL stuff as well. He is the jack of all trades for a reason. So let's first look at the game tonight, at least based on that overview outlook. Right now, Indianapolis at home in Indy this evening with Jeff Saturday in his third game as interim head coach, a two and a half Point favorite. But Tom, of course, I want to focus on the total. In Indianapolis this upcoming Saturday, a Big Ten football championship between Michigan and Purdue. 39.5 is a Big Ten total. A low number for this game, the over-under. Tom, when the over-under is this low, how does that affect your approach in the prop market? Uh, we, of course, want to take that into consideration. Uh, you know, it's very modest. As you said, 39 and a half is, you know, pretty low for the NFL. Uh, I would have some interest in the over in this. Uh, if I had to make a choice, uh, I would also be on the Colts side of things simply due to the fact that, you know, Kenny Pickett can make a few mistakes here or there. At least he's shown in a small sample size. He's a rookie. We have to take all these things into consideration. But a few mistakes for him here or there you know, could lead to some easy offensive possessions, some turnovers from the Steelers leading to some easy offensive possessions for the Colts. Uh, so uh, an extra field goal or so here or there for the Colts could put them over this total along with covering. So I like the over and I also like the Colts at home tonight. It's a big, big game for both of these teams trying to stay maybe anywhere in playoff consideration. I'm glad you bring up Kenny Pickett. It's the rookie on one side. It is the veteran on the other. Matt Ryan now back as the starting quarterback for Indianapolis. Tom, we look at their props. It's 213 in the hook for Kenny Pickett through the air. It's 236 and a half for the veteran in Matt Ryan. How do you evaluate their expectations for this evening? 
Well, when it comes to the Colts, we've actually seen them passing at a higher rate over the past few weeks yeah. under Jeff Saturday. Now, again, very small sample size, but they were over a 60, uh, 60.1 pass play percentage last week, which is you know pretty high. They're also running more plays overall on offense. So we're still seeing them you know commit to the running game with Jonathan Taylor, but running more plays overall is you know giving Matt Ryan some nice upside. And then on the other side for Kenny Pickett, you know, some of these recent games, he's been really, really inefficient, but we do see him with 38, 40, 42, 44 passing attempts. So the passing attempt market, as I'll continuously say, is one of my favorite spots to go. That market isn't posted yet, at least on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's not there as of now. But again, if there's some turnovers by the Steelers, we could see them passing the ball a ton, and that could lead to 38, 40 passing attempts for Kenny Pickett, I think making a nice spot to attack. Attempts are probably a better look tonight when you have that total so low. Of course, when the expectation is 39 and a half for an over-under, there's not expected all that much offense or points or scoring available. And I will say this about Matt Ryan. He has had at least 50 passing attempts already twice this year for Indy. He threw the ball 58 times in a game for the Colts not all that long ago. Tom, one of my favorite markets to look at quarterbacks to throw an interception it's kind of a rude number to post on behalf of the FanDuel Sportsbook both Kenny Pickett and Matt Ryan favored to throw an interception tonight with the same number at minus 122 would you buy into right. either of those two numbers yeah absolutely especially if we you know the spread would indicate this game should stay close and if I would lean towards the over that means we should be seeing more points that means the the both quarterbacks would be in a position to drop back more. So thus having, you know, more chances to throw an interception. I did see that minus 122 number for both of them. Uh, so yeah, the, the, you know, a little sprinkle on there. Again, we've seen some inconsistency from Kenny Pickett, very inefficient in the passing game. So that's a spot that I would be, you know, certainly fine with going tonight. When you look up and down the odds board, sometimes those numbers tell you things about what this game is expected to look like. Not necessarily rude, but I always laugh when you have players favored to throw an interception in the National Football League. But on the ground for Indy, in the last two games under Jeff Saturday, we have seen Jonathan Taylor, Tom, look a ton better. The league's leading rusher from a season ago, over 1,800 yards last year for Indianapolis, has gone over his rushing yards prop book for tonight at 83.5 in both games under Saturday. 22 carries in both of those games as well would you ride that hot hand with JT tonight to look to continue to go over that prop uh, I would actually look to his combined rushing plus receiving the Steelers are actually you know pretty decent against the rush this year they're, they're horrible against the pass which we'll get to in a minute um, you know it's, it's a tough spot for me because Taylor can get involved in the passing game we have seen them commit to the running game the matchup is difficult I am desperate for him to do well tonight because I am in a tied matchup going up against Najee Harris on the other side, and I have JT. So Oof. I am desperate for him to hit the over in this matchup. Uh, but it is a difficult matchup. So the receiving prop could be a little bit better. Receiving yards prop could be a little bit better for Taylor. The Steelers right now a top 10 rushing defense in the National Football League. So we've looked at the quarterbacks. We've looked at one of the running backs in JT. Najee Harris's prop, by the way, 60 and a half rushing yards tonight. Now we must talk about the wide receivers. Tom Vecchio, where are you looking in this game on Monday night in Indianapolis for the pass catchers on Monday Night Football? That would be with Michael Pittman touchdowns sitting at plus 195, which I think is a big number considering the role he plays, considering the matchup. Now, he hasn't caught a touchdown since week one, which is very surprising considering this offensive role that he has for the Colts, which is massive. 96% snap rate, 97% route running rate, 25.3% target share, 28.8% air yards market share. All of those 
are highest on the team, and he hasn't caught a touchdown since week one. He has a 14.7% red zone target share, which is not the highest on the team. We do see some other players getting involved, but the Steelers have allowed 2,025 receiving yards to wide receivers, which is the sixth most in the league, along with 14 receiving touchdowns, which is tied for the second most. So he is playing an unbelievable role for the Colts, and he just simply hasn't found the end zone. Combined with this matchup being so soft, the plus 195 number seems a bit too high. So I absolutely love Pittman tonight. When you look at that role, it's often a big way to look at production versus a trend. Most people would look at the game log for Pittman Jr. and say, all right, he hasn't caught a touchdown since week one. Why would we ever bet that price? But Tom is right. He's giving you all of that volume in terms of what he means to this Indianapolis offense, certainly with Matt Ryan back at the helm. On the other side for Kenny Pickett, one of his favorite targets, Deontay Johnson, but maybe not an over in the books tonight, Tom. No, the, the Colts have actually been really strong against wide receivers this year. They've actually allowed the fewest receiving yards to wide receivers sitting at uh, 1,313. Uh, we've seen Deontay Johnson fall under this mark in four of the last five. And, you know, frankly, his target share has dropped slightly over the past few weeks. Najee Harris is getting a, a bit more involved. Uh, George Pickens is there. Pat Fryer moves like there are other options in the passing game. You know, combined with this yeah. being such a tough matchup, I like the under for Deontay Johnson receiving tonight. So now we go from the NFL to the NBA with the jack of all trades in Tom Vecchio. We're going to look at a game board here, Tom, for the Boston Celtics, the best team in the NBA at this point, a 16-4 record. The Celtics hosting the Hornets tonight as an 11-11.5 point favorite. We're going to look at this, Tom, to explain the opening of this NBA season and ask you what has been your favorite market, your favorite area of approach for NBA betting so far this year. Uh, it continues to be the points, rebounds, assist prop, the PRA bet. There's just so much value that can be, uh, you know, derived from there, given a player's offensive usage, given the role that he has. And specifically for this game, uh, there were no props posted last time I saw for the Celtics players because Jason Tatum is listed as questionable. He did not play last night. So if he's out tonight, again, the spot would be to look, of course, with Jalen Brown, but also with Al Horford. This is a particularly easy matchup for him. The Hornets are terrible against centers. They've been terrible against centers over the last few years. Uh, this is also a pace-up spot for the Celtics. So extra offensive usage for Horford, potentially with Tatum if he were to miss tonight's game. Combined with a super, super soft matchup, it puts him in a great spot. Jalen Brown's, of course, the easy answer, but Al Horford is also in a fantastic spot. No prompts listed for the Los Angeles Lakers as well, despite the return of LeBron James over the weekend. They are hosting the Pacers tonight. Indiana has been one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, surprisingly, to start off this NBA season. And maybe because one of their biggest acquisitions from last year, Tom, in Tyrese Halliburton. You mentioned PRA, points, rebounds, and assists. Is that the area of focus for Halliburton this evening in L.A.? Absolutely. Over 34.5 PRA for Halliburton. It's a 234.5 game total versus the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers are third in the league in offensive pace. Indiana is ninth, so two teams in the top 10 of the league, you know, play super fast. They don't play a total lot of defense. If we look back over Halliburton's game log, the double-doubles are happening on almost a nightly basis, and he's racking up 13, 14, 15 assists in some of these games. So combined with the game environment that we should be seeing, he is in a great spot. Uh, you know, he also has some big three-point potential, so he only really needs, uh, you know, 18, 19, 20 real points. He doesn't need to go out there and drop 40 because we know he's going to be out there uh, racking up 11 or 12 assists on a nightly basis. So absolutely love Halliburton tonight. Uh, Anthony Davis is listed as questionable on the other side, so it would point to being a big LeBron game if AD is out. And Vecchio, let's finish it off with your NHL prop for this Monday evening. Jack Hughes is the focus for you. How come? 
the Devils are absolutely unbelievable on offense this year. They come in with a 67 Corsi 4, which are total shot attempts. This is per 60 minutes in 5v5 situations. That's the second best in the league. Uh, and that translates to them scoring 3.42 goals in the same situations, which is the best in the league. They are constantly pushing the pace on offense. And, you know, I got to say, as a Rangers fan, Jack Hughes has kind of owned the Rangers in his first few years in the league. He's over this mark in seven out of the last 10 games. Second forward line, first power play. The Devils are just so good right now, and he's a big driving force of that. The Devils have been one of the biggest surprises in the NHL so far this season. Never surprising us with great insight is FanDuel's Tom Vecchio. Tom, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. From the prop perspective to the odds and advice you need from a man known as the conciliary, Dave Sherapan joins us next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is nighttime in Pittsburgh. It will be nighttime on a Monday in Indianapolis for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we'll get Dave Sherapan's thoughts on Monday Night Football in just a couple of minutes. But our sportsbook conciliary, the man known as Dave Sherapan, will join us here right now live on the morning after on this Monday on SportsGrid. Sherapan, as always, we appreciate your time. I see the Pittsburgh Steelers hat on the noggin. How about those Penn State Nittany Lions, though, as well? Double-digit wins will be a top 10 team in this upcoming CFP rankings, as some here on this show predicted on a late July night in the summer. All things looking good for Dave Sherapan. <laughs> Not bad. Um, I'll be interested to see where you think they're going to go for the bowl game, Benjamin, because been, uh, saving up that, you know, didn't expect the things to happen the way they happened on Saturday. And I was hoping that both Ohio State and Michigan would go. So mm. uh, I don't know who that would end up in the Big Ten game. I guess, I mean, if they're going to let Purdue go because they lose in a championship game or they just decide to send Penn State and they get to go play in the Rose Bowl, wouldn't be a bad move. Ooh. And we know some people out there, maybe we'll go to the Rose Bowl if Penn State maybe. goes. I'm just saying, what? I'm not saying it could happen, but – there's a lot to go on in college football. I mean, you were in your glory Saturday, looking good as always. UK Dub and Lisi. Thank you. What do you think about this 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 college football playoff? I don't even know well, what to think of it right now. I have some questions to ask you from the odds making perspective in just a little okay. bit here as well because the field is very much dwindled for potential available spots. It seems as yeah. of right now in the CFP. A lot could go chalk this weekend, and it might be a pretty easy consideration for the CFP committee. But if it doesn't, disaster scenarios across the board. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a second. But Sherpan, let's go back to last night. Week number 12 yeah. in the Sunday slate, ending out in Philadelphia between the Birds and the Packers. The Eagles, the first team in the NFL to get to double-digit victories. A 10-1 record now. The best mark in the National Football League, a 40 to 33 win at home over Green Bay, covering as a six and a half point favorite. Sherapan Philly has been booked as a favorite in every game so far this season, now yep. six and five against the number. Will they continue to be booked as a favorite for every game to end out the 2022 regular season as well? 
When you look at their schedule, you almost have to say yes. Um, it becomes a matter of whether there's injuries or whether they clinch a spot. But as long as Minnesota keeps winning and pushing them for the number one overall seed, that buy has become so, so valuable that you can't have, right. like years past, two games where, you know, where they're sitting everybody and they're just kind of they're, – they're hard to make lines for. Nobody bets them because you don't know who's playing and for how long. You're still getting a regular effort. So, yeah, what Philly did was impressive. They covered the number. A lot of people, uh, you know, had a six and a half and, and didn't mm. quite get there. It was one of those tough losses as far as the spread goes. Total, um, you know, it, it, it had some steam behind it with the early number over. And it was over pretty much every total that I saw at halftime. So, yep. um. I think it's pretty clear that Philly's one or two. I just don't know. A lot of people that I talk to and a lot of people have San Francisco as not only the one or the two, yep. but better and favored on a neutral over everybody, including the Eagles. It's a really good point. Right now, the Eagles still the favorites in the NFC Championship market, plus 250, and deservedly so, but the Niners on this four-game win streak have closed that gap only 10 cents yep. behind Philly at the moment, plus 260. The Birds, though, are favored to be the number one overall seed. San Francisco only has seven wins, and right now Philly has 10. So that will be a factor into your postseason handicapping as well. And when we look, Sheriff at the NFC East, all four of these teams, if the season were to end today, I know it does not, but if it were, all four teams out of the NFC East would be in the playoffs. Because of yeah. that still, the Eagles are the favorites to win this division at minus 340. Sherpan, where we are right now, 12 weeks of this NFL season coming to a close, the in-the-hunt graphics popping up on every broadcast you will watch, <laughs> do you recommend trying to find some value in the futures market, even in these strong divisions? Well, it worked um, in the MLB. And I think I know there are people out there that are – Value hunters, they're searching for one of those that now are as good or better than they were 12 weeks ago, which is all right. you're trying to do is get a team that's live into the playoffs, let alone with a shot at winning that three games to get you to, to Arizona in the Super Bowl. So, yes, there are teams. I mean, you watch, you watch Washington play. They just yep. keep winning despite everything that's going on there. You watch Dallas play. At times, they do look like they're getting better than they were. That's all you can ask is as a team is at least, tr you know, trending upward. It looks like they may get be able to do something that they don't normally do. And I'm not saying that, like, you got to be like the Jets and throw in Mike White and change everything around. But, mm. you, you, yes, you got to find you got to find teams that that are going up. Whereas the teams that are already up there, their odds are so low that it's, no, it's hard to buy value on those. If you don't already right. have them, you're better off just rolling those over when you get to the playoffs. Sherpin, I'm glad you bring up Mike White. He is white hot, or at least was yesterday for the Jets, who are a 7-4 and four football team. And New York has yep. covered in all seven of their wins. So when you have those trends, Sherpin, at this point of the season that are so strong – 
What is your advice to the casual sports better? Is it riding the trend until it loses? Is it trying to get in front of it? What's your advice at this point of the season? Oh, it varies so much from team to team. But when you see what the Jets are doing and you watch them play, I mean, they were a different football team yesterday than they were the week before. Only because it looked like there was a plan. There was, you know, simple passes were being completed. Everybody felt like they were a part of the offense. When everybody's on the same page, you can see, you know, football is, is is fun to watch and it's fun to play. And it's fun to bet on those teams. So I think you, you can take from that that the Jets are going to be a hard out for anybody playing them the rest of the season. I think mm-hmm. as – if you think they're going to win the game – whether they're favorites or dogs, if they're dogs, take a shot on the money line, like because yep. they're winning those games. So, um, I <laughs> I don't want to put the cart before the horse to say the Jets are making the playoffs, but man, they got seven wins. That would be over the season win total of six that everybody predicted. Um, yep. You see the schedule to wrestle away. It can be done. So, yep. Um, I, I I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. But I think they know, and sometimes it's you know it's okay to to sit a guy down and go, okay, it's not your time right now. I mean, there it is. Yep. There's a division odds right there, um, fourteen to one to win a division. I don't know if that's enough, but it's enough to interest me. Let's put it that way. Well, they do have a win already over the Buffalo Bills. Right now, if the season were to end, it would be the Dolphins as the champs out of the AFC East. But all four of these teams certainly in playoff contention. Again, like the NFC East, all four teams post a winning record at the moment. Sherpan, now we go to Monday Night Football. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, not necessarily a winning mark at the moment, but developing toward the future in a really good cover team as a dog under Mike Tomlin always, but certainly this year as well. A two and a half point dog are the Steelers on the road tonight in Indianapolis against the Colts. The over-under is 39 and a half. As Dave Sherapan evaluates this game, what's your best bet? Oh, I want to say the Steelers, but man, it's so hard because they're so young and they make so many mistakes when you just think like, oh, this is working right now. There's a pick or this is working great and somebody blows a coverage. And like, it's just, it's, it's so hard to evaluate this team through um, the normal parameters. Yes. Tomlin's great as a dog when he has Ben Roethlisberger as the, as his guy, you know, he don't have him no more. Uh, I want to, I want to say it's, I want to say it's uh, Pittsburgh. I do. I do. So. I'm not, I'm not confident, mm. though, Benjamin. I'm not at all. I mean, I'm not. Listen, I hear you. I'm looking for a couple of props in this game. A Matt Ryan passing attempts prop, a Kenny Pickett Ooh. rushing yards number because Ooh. he's had 122 in total over the last four games, and we see young quarterbacks that time when the pocket breaks down. He looks to utilize those legs and run. We'll get to that in just a little bit. The Colts Kenny to throw a pick? Four against the... I don't want yeah, to minus one twenty two negative ones in, but Kenny to right. throw a pick is probably live. Something minus like one twenty two for both him and the vet in his fifteenth year in Matt Ryan, both favored to throw an interception tonight on Monday Night Football. The Colts share pan one and four against the spread as a favorite this year, but they have covered as a dog in both of the games with Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach. Speaking of Saturdays in general. 
It's conference championship weekend in college man, football. Oh, you texted me man. on Saturday asking what I thought the point spread would be for the Big Ten championship game between Michigan and Purdue. I said somewhere in the ballpark of two touchdowns, maybe even three scores at 17. It is right there in the middle, 15 and a half or 14 and a half rather in favor of Michigan against Purdue. Sheriff Penn, as we have conference championship weekend upcoming and all of these conversations around the college football playoff, when does the risk room and the people in that room start to project out the potential odds of the college football playoff semifinals and those two matchups we will see? Oh, they're already done. They're already done. I mean, it, it, we've been going back and forth with those for a month. If this person played this person on neutral and you start to have the debates, that's why I was actually – I was asking you that night because I was going back and forth with some guys in books because uh, it was anywhere from 14 to 17. And we had a bunch of disputes. Not, I mean, they're not personal. Nothing's ever personal when you're debating what you're going to make the line. You're always trying to find out what you're missing. And, I mean, I threw the guys at number 17. I said, please tell me who's going to bet Purdue in this game. I don't care. Please find me a reason after what happened Saturday, which I got to tell you, it's fun. That game is fun to begin with. But the game is the game when both teams are undefeated and they trade in scores like it's USC, UCLA. You're seeing yep. bombs. You see, it did look like Big Ten football, like you like to tweet about in my Big Ten football that I grew up watching and enjoying. But that was a fun football game. Michigan's a fun football team. And now people believe that they could just hang with Georgia now after what they just did. Ah, getting a little bit quick, aren't we? <laughs> did, did we watch? Did we watch last year? In the Orange Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal that Georgia won 34-11, to 11, easily oh, covering yeah, but as it's a, a revenge game. It's a, it's okay. A, a well, the good news for Michigan, if things go chalk, Sherapan, the Wolverines would be the two seed and Georgia would be the one seed. They're a 17-and-a-half point favorite against LSU in the title game, so right. that potential rematch wouldn't happen until the national championship game. Listen, USC is right. a two-and-a-half point favorite against Utah in the Pac-12 title. Ooh. In the Big 12 title, TCU a two-and-a-half point favorite against Kansas State. Oh. If it goes chalk, there's your four, but we don't know if it's going to go chalk. Dave Sherpan, we'll continue to have those conversations off the air. We round up the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together on this first day of a new week on a Monday. Live on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday, following a holiday weekend. I know it was probably difficult to get out of bed this morning. Get ready for the work week. We hope you enjoyed your time here over these two hours on TMA. One final game for week number 12 of this NFL regular season in Indianapolis tonight between the Colts and the Steelers, NDA two and a half point favorite, the over under 39 in a hook. It's not the most enticing game. It's not two teams that are in the hunt for a postseason spot, but we can still hopefully 
find some profitability. Now, I will say this with a slight caveat. The props that I'm looking for are not out yet, but I'll give you what to keep an eye on before we say farewell and before we say goodbye. It's time for a Monday Night Football Best Bet. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. I'm looking at both quarterbacks, not their passing yards props, though. Maybe passing attempts for Matt Ryan and the legs of Kenny Pickett. Now, Matt Ryan, as we talked about early in the show with Tom Vecchio, has thrown the football 40 or more times, four times this year. He is averaging a ton of attempts since he returned as the starter with Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach, an average of 30 in those two games. I'm hoping we did a, get a discounted number somewhere in the low 30s, and then you take the over. If it's up there at 35 and a hook, 36 and a hook, based on the overall track record of Matt Ryan this year in his 15th campaign in the NFL, I would stay away. Thus, then we could look at Kenny Pickett in his rushing yards prop. Again, not posted just yet. But in every game so far for Kenny Pickett in his rookie season, he has had at least double-digit rushing yards. If the number is in the mid-teens, I say you take it over. Four starts for Kenny Pickett in the last month for the Steelers. He has posted a total of 122 rushing yards in those four games and averaged just north of 30. Thank you for joining us here on the morning after on this Monday. We'll be back tomorrow on a Tuesday, a huge day in the World Cup. We'll talk at 9 a.m. Eastern. See you then.